0: Hello, good morning, evening, afternoon, lunchtime, dinnertime, breakfast time, Uh, whatever time it is for you, life altering podcast coming at you right now, glad you tuned in, Uh, I'm going to throw a few ideas at you that have helped me change my life for the better, probably the last year or so, Uh, maybe a little more, Uh, just simple stuff, important stuff that I think Now, so let's get right into it. These are things that made me treat people better, enjoy things more, uh, be a better person to be around, but also, and I think an important piece, is is help me feel really good about who I am as a person, Uh, because at the end of the day, that's how sound sleep is found. And at the end of the day, we all want to just sleep like little babies. So, first things first... um, One of the most important things to me is my reputation and and my character. I say both because I know there's a saying out there somewhere about, like, you know, don't worry about your reputation because that's just what other people think of you, but your character is who you really are. I agree and disagree. I'm not too worried about what people think of me, um, but I'm pretty convinced that if your character is consistent, nobody's really going to have a reputation that's very far off uh, or an idea of your reputation. It's very far off of your character. So they're both important to me because going to sleep at night and thinking about who I am, but everybody else thinks I'm somebody else and this crazy person. There's there's some reason for that, right? And number one, it's because you kind of live in this, this double life where your character is this way, but you also do things that give people a reason to think that, that your reputation is the way it is. So barring the people in life that just don't like you and and try to attack maybe your reputation, um, but those people know at the end of the day that that I think if people attack, and people do that to me, and I'm not saying that in some way like I'm some big you know person that everybody's out for. I have tons of support everywhere within my family, within my friends, within people that I work with, within people just that know me. So I'm not trying to act like I'm some guy that's getting attacked. I'm not the president. I'm not... I'm not anybody, but there will be people that say things and do things about me that are untrue, and I know that, and some most people know that, but those people that do and say those things, at the end of the day, they also know that they're untrue. So I don't think the reputation is ever really far off from the character. That's why those two things are very, very important to me. Uh, and a saying for me in the last, like, year... Really, literally, probably the last year, um, has been you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. So for me, procrastination, always a big thing. Talking a big game, always a big thing. And not coming through and not following through and leaving a bunch of words on the table. uh, was a thing I'm super guilty of. And maybe some of you are, some of you aren't. But it feels terrible to say something, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and not come through and actually do it. And part of that for me, I guess, is a procrastination deal. But the turning point for me in this whole procrastination thing actually came in business in a conversation with somebody where they told me, like, you got to realize, like, you have to realize that every time you avoid a tough conversation in business, it's going to cost you money. And I thought about that. I thought about it a lot, right? And I, I own a business, two kind of separate businesses, and I work everywhere I work, I'm... You know, in charge of something, somebody, something, some building, some group, whatever it is. Um, I have coworkers, and they're all equal to me. I'm not this big front of the bus guy with everybody behind me. I've always been the kind of leader that wants to feel like we're all sitting in the front seat, and we can all take the wheel at any time, and and help each other and guide each other. But um, I think that, like, when I think about this this phrase. You know, avoiding tough conversations as business is always going to cost you money. And I think about I own a, a business where I have employees. And I thought about, like, why do I avoid certain conversations? If I tell a guy that is getting paid that he's not doing a good enough job and he needs to do this better and X and Y and Z better... But I don't really want to do that because he's a guy that I like or a girl that I like and a person that is working hard for me and doing their thing but just not good enough and they can do better. And I don't want to tell them what happens when the customers eventually stop walking through the door because the place is filthy or they stop walking through the door because the customer service sucks. But I avoided the conversation because it was awkward for me at the time. And now all of a sudden my business loses money, but that salary for the employee stays. So now I'm losing money because I avoided a tough conversation or a conversation I didn't want to have because it was a little awkward. And now I'm the one that loses while the people that are losing me money are staying the same financially. Now, then I look at the reasons why I avoid that, right? I think number one is probably the culture. Uh, You build a culture where that's normal and it's pretty easy to have that conversation. But if you build a culture where people feel comfortable doing whatever they're doing and you like a loose workplace where they can feel free and they don't have to work under pressure, that screws with the culture a little bit if you're constantly getting on your employees, even if it's in ways you should. So maybe that employee number two, I thought is, is maybe he's one of the top performers or she's one of the top performers and you don't really want to mess with it. They might have some things that that need help, but they're doing so well that you don't want to piss them off and then they leave altogether. Uh, Number three is a lack of skill. Maybe they just, it doesn't even matter if you talk to them. Maybe it just doesn't even matter. You could tell them till you're blue in the face that they need to do a better job, but if they don't have the skill, the talent to do actually that job better, then it's a waste of time. And number four is I think the emotional toll it takes on, you know, the people that you have to have that conversation with where they feel like, oh man, I'm stressed at work now and I don't feel good and my boss hates me and you don't want to do that to your employees. You don't want them showing up to work that way. So for me, I think those are the four reasons and that we can get into maybe later on I think how to work around those four reasons on if you're a business owner, if you're somebody that is in charge of anybody, uh, I would encourage you to look at that and realize are you losing money because you're avoiding tough conversations? Are you losing productivity because you're avoiding tough conversations are you is your business looking a way that you don't want it to look because you're avoiding conversations that you just don't want to have because they just aren't aren't a fun one so this is where a big piece of the procrastination part for me came into play when I had a conversation with somebody about this you know probably a year year and a half ago and then I started looking at like my own life right I started realizing that avoiding you know, things in my own life, and procrastinating on certain things is a huge issue, right, so, and, and realizing that avoiding anything that inevitably has to be done, like, it cost me stress, anxiety, and a heavy feeling in my head and heart whenever, whenever I thought about it, like, it didn't matter what it was, delivering bad news to somebody, nobody likes to do that, you will probably procrastinate if you can't, but, Also, things like doing the dishes, right? Going to the doctor, responding to a text message. Like, these are all simple, everyday things that I know I avoid. I know I put off. I procrastinate. And then the more I think about these simple, little, like, non-factor life things, all of a sudden it's like anything that I left on the table that had to be done, like, drained me of this positive energy every single time I looked at it and every time I thought about it, it was like thinking about, you know, like I, like I look at it this way, it's, it's like thinking about Monday on a Sunday evening, right, when you hated school or you hate your job, we all know that feeling of sitting there watching Sunday night football, but being like almost physically ill, that I got to get up and go to work tomorrow morning, or I got to get up and go to school tomorrow morning, like I think everybody can relate to that feeling at some point, right, so when I think about that, uh, the, Sunday, the Sunday evening, thinking about Monday, like, that's what procrastination feels like to me. But you create it instead. Like, it's the same thing. So procrastination is the same, but guess what? Like, sometimes that Monday turned out good, right? And by Wednesday, Monday doesn't mean a damn thing anymore. Like, it doesn't even exist anymore. It's done, it's gone. Whether it was a great day or a bad day, it's done. So, like when you start doing things and you stop procrastinating, everything becomes a Monday when it's already Thursday. Like, it's just, it's gone. It doesn't have any weight anymore. Like, that's gone. You've taken care of it. It's Whether it was good, pleasant, bad, uh, negative, it's over. It's done. You've now eliminated it and you don't have to think and stress about it anymore because the result of whatever it was that you were procrastinating is done and gone. Right. So, those kinds of things, too, are, are tough. You you look at it and you just let it fester and you don't really realize until sometimes it's not that it's too late, but it's just too long. It's You've spent too much time. Get things done immediately. Look at the task. Figure it out. Do it. You don't like to do it? Start doing it. I promise you'll start liking it more because once you do it and it's done, you will love the feeling of going, man, I'm not actually going to stress about that for the next five days and put it off. And then when I do it, it's going to kind of be a big nothing. Like, just do things. Just go out and do things. Look at the dishes and do them. Take the five minutes and do with the dishes. You throw the last thing in the trash and it's full, take the trash out and be done with it. You don't want to do something, but you have to do it. The sooner, the better. Start turning Mondays into afterthoughts. Just go do these things. Killing procrastination, honestly, is actually very easy. Once you start doing it, it feels really good. Uh, So that's a big thing for me. Um, I'm going to move on to something here that I think probably a lot of people have watched, paid attention to, but it kind of leads me into what for the last year has been a really big deal for me, but a piece of why I wanted to talk about this, because I just started watching the show Shameless. If anybody's seen that out there, I... Probably not for the young kids. There's some stuff in there, but um, a really good kind of life show, I think, personally. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's about this family that is very dysfunctional all over the map. They live in this little tiny place. Mom's out of the picture. Dad's an absolute mess. Um, and the oldest sister takes care of these like six, seven, eight kids, however many there is. But they're such a tight-knit group. Every, I mean, they work for their money in, like, shady ways. They steal, they rob, they, they do things just to get by as a family with essentially no dad because he's just a drunk and he's gone all the time and the mom is, is not anywhere to be seen. So the main character, a girl that takes care of all the kids, her name is Fiona, she kind of gets with this guy, whatever. He, he has money. He does whatever he does to get his money. And at some point in the show, he asks her to move with him to, I don't know where, I can't remember at the time, Costa Rica, let's say Costa Rica. He says, let's just get out of here, like these kids are not your responsibility, your life could be so much better. And she starts thinking about that, like living with this guy that she feels like she's in love with, moving to Costa Rica, living on the beach, every day is beautiful, every day is perfect, or sitting here with this madhouse and problems and things all day long where it's never ending and she's stressed and she's always emotionally drained and she's taking care of everybody except herself and she packs her bags and she goes to the bus stop and she's ready to meet this guy and get on the plane and it shows the guy at the at the I think the airport or train station or wherever he is and he's waiting on her, and he's waiting on her and time's ticking and the flight's about to take off. And she's nowhere to be found. And it shows her standing there next to the bus or the train that was going to take her to where he is. And she just stops and looks and thinks. And the last bus or the last train disappears and drives off. And she just starts walking home with all her bags. And it's one of those moments in the show where, for me, like I looked at this and I thought, like, home is where the happy is, right? And the heart, right? But home is where the happy is to me because if you look at Costa Rica with the guy you love or a girl you love and money and life is good and easy, like that's enticing probably to anybody. But she chose a house full of kids. And I know this is a a show and it's not real, but I think there's lessons to be learned in this. She chose the house of madness where she's stressed and crazy because these are the people that she loves. And this is where her happy is, getting them ready and doing all this stuff. And for me, I think what I got the most out of just seeing this, I guess, the other night and watching this episode and really kind of thinking about life in general, for some reason, the scene hit me probably heavier than it was intended to. But it just was a kind of a big one that made me think about life and my life and the overall happiness and what is it that makes me happy and what would I choose versus this, that or the other thing. So I just, I think, I think that, and this has been about a year, year and a half, like I said, where happiness is just everywhere to me. It is everywhere. Like we just grew up, you know, and somebody somewhere said, welcome to the real world, like it was a bad thing at some point, right, we've all, I think we've probably all heard that from somebody where they go, hey, welcome to the real world, you know, and there's a negative tone to it, and it means coming from those people that the world sucks, and it's bad, and it's negative, and welcome, join the rest of us that are, that suck, and it's bad for us, and it's negative, and that pisses me off, like, like, it really pisses me off that people say welcome to the real world, like, it's a bad thing, um, to those people, I say, like, screw you, number one. And welcome to the real world. It's a beautiful thing. Like, it's such a beautiful thing. I went into my daughter's room the other day. And I tripped over, like, 8 million toys in the dark. While I tried to, like, turn on her fan because she was sleeping. It was a little late at night. And I wanted to kick her fan up a little bit because it's hot outside. Um, and I stepped on so many different things that hurt so bad. I stepped on one of those little poly Pockets. anybody knows what that are they're they're ridiculously small sized people toys everything for kids that why anybody would create something that small that ends up all over your house is beyond me the people that created I'm convinced do not have kids or else they would have never made something like that but I stepped on one of those stepped on this little plastic house uh, that that like I stepped on the roof and it just felt like a nail going through my foot uh, and then whatever else, right? All of it hurt. Everything I stepped on hurt. Um, and I, I'm in the middle of the room and I'm so irritated. And then I look up at her ceiling and I see Elsa from Frozen taking up half the ceiling from her little nightlight projector she has. It projects this picture up onto the ceiling. And I stared at it for like 30 seconds. And Elsa looks so happy. And I look and it lights up the room enough to see my daughter. And I look at my daughter who's sleeping soundly. And I thought, I am in a room that is full of things that my daughter loves. Things that bring her happiness. Every single thing in the room. And it made me happy because no one ever told my daughter that when she steps on one of her toys, nobody ever said, welcome to the real world. Even the things that you love will hurt you. Right? Like, nobody ever said that to her. Nobody ever told her how to think. She is how she was born, which is happy, innocent. And she only sees the good because no one's told her to find the bad. And when I think about that, I look at the world and it's like we are programmed with social media, influencers, videos, YouTube, TV, everything. We are so brainwashed to think things just like simple, stupid stuff that we see every day like, oh, all these other races that aren't your race are stupid because we watch videos of them doing stupid things. Like we're programmed to get angry long before we're like programmed to be happy. But there is a difference in being born and being programmed. And the second that I realized this, and this was like a year ago. When I really thought about who I might be, like at my very core, where I'm back to the two-year-old, and I look at my daughter and go, "Why is she so happy about everything? Why do babies do just giggle? Yeah, they cry, but the older they get, when they start kind of really seeing things, everything makes them happy. Simple things make them happy. Little things, anything. You could find anything. You could turn a negative thing in life and tell your little son or daughter the first time that they ever see it that it's a positive good thing and they will think and they will see it as a good positive thing so program that's what i mean when i say people are programmed right if if nobody ever told somebody that skunk smelled horrible and your little kid smelled one for the first time you would say hey this smells so good come here and smell it and if that's the first thought in their mind they might think it smells good because you've programmed them to think that that smells good not that I think that smells good, but you guys understand the point there. So, you know, when I when I realized this like a year ago, it became really, really easy for me to recognize that like the world that we live in is programmed and most of the people living in it are too. Maybe not to their own fault, just maybe nobody ever told them it doesn't have to be that way. Life is too short to be angry about something that just doesn't matter. And like, let me tell you, very little of this shit matters be different right just be born be who you are when you were born don't be programmed if people just realized how powerful their thoughts are i think they'd work a whole lot harder to make sure that they never have negative thoughts again i think that's what matters in life is seeing things and being a certain way but i think we get irritated at things because we were told to be irritated we think things are bad because we were told they were bad We are the way we are, whether we like it or not, because we have been programmed that way by the world, right? And this mindset right here, seeing the other side of it and kind of, it sounds stupid, but I can't think of a better way to put it, being like a now 32-year-old guy that's channeling my three-year-old self and the happiest me, the happiest version of me that was ever on this planet and channeling that and seeing it in my daughter and saying, I'm going to be more like my three-year-old daughter than I am my 32-year-old self. Because my 32-year-old self has seen things that, that make me feel a certain way. Because I've been told to be that way. I'm going to go more like this three-year-old girl that hasn't been told anything. Ignorance is bliss. I'm going to go through it that way. To a point where I can now identify the things where when I look at it and say ignorance is bliss... Is actually a very helpful thing in being happy versus knowing something and paying attention to something in a way that the rest of the world is and falling into that whole program. So once I learned to kind of ditch all of the the stuff that makes me feel like I'm part of this program, you know, my mindset it's allowed me to really slow things down. Which number two, three, four, I don't know where I am on the list of things that have changed my life. We'll call it number four, like, the mindset of being able to slow everything down and soak in moments has been gigantic for me. Like, when I look at my daughter now, and and if you have kids, you know the feeling of loving something that deeply and incredibly, but, like, I'll stare at her now, like, if she's sleeping, or if she's watching TV, or if she's just eating, or if she's playing by herself, like, I'll stare for two minutes now instead of two seconds. And it's like the clock stops moving for me and I'm just living in this this little time frozen space where I'm just staring at the most beautiful thing I've ever seen that's making me feel happy. And I feel like I'm appreciating and I'm in the moment and I'm soaking in the moment of her life and in turn soaking in a moment of my life that looks at something I created and, and makes me feel very, very good. And I can fully like, soak in all every last drop and every last second of what that moment is worth and and it's a big deal to kind of now see the happiness in so many things and recognize what makes you feel good and be able to to also learn how to slow things down and pay more attention to it was my wife right same thing I realize how blessed I am when I look at her and it's like I don't have to say anything I don't have to have a conversation with her, I don't have to look at her and have her say or do something that makes me feel that way. I can look at her now and I can I can just let her eat or watch TV or play with her daughter while I sit and watch and slow down time by just being fully immersed in this in their moment. If they're playing like I'm fully in it and I'm watching it and I'm thinking like this is the most incredible scene and I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. It's like I'm watching a movie, you know, and then I can jump into that movie scene whenever I want to. And I take this time to, to sit and appreciate and enjoy it. And then I go, when I get in that moment, I try to stay in the same feel of, let me really look at what you're doing and really play with you and really look at my wife and smile and then look back at our daughter and have this eye contact and this feeling of we created this. This is a moment that we created and what a beautiful little thing we have here. And try to soak the whole moment in. And, you know, I I don't know. I feel like that's so important to be able to just recognize and slow time down like we used to, right? You used to sit in class and do it the other way. We hated class. Class was negative. I hated math class in junior high, but guess how that clock moved? Right? Ten seconds lasted a minute. Because you hated it. There's no reason that when you love something, you can't do the same thing. You can't have the same effect on time. I believe that you can. And I believe for me, I know the clock is moving all the same, but it feels like it's slow motion for me when I identify the happiness and I soak the happiness in. It's a huge deal. Another tip for that, this might sound weird. Maybe these next two tips sound really weird, but to me... These are big things, right? Like deep breaths, big time help in slowing time down. Big deep breaths. Next time you hug somebody like that you really love, a uh, mother, father, brother, sister, relative, wife, daughter, anything, somebody that's important in your life and uh, influence that you appreciate and love, like hold on tight and take one like really big deep breath during the hug I'm telling you next time you feel good about something you did or you, like sit down on the couch sit down on a chair and appreciate what you did and take one of those big deep breaths and go man like whew, I did that and it was awesome and I'm going to take the time to appreciate it all right one of the biggest things for me is that when you are doing these things this is a weird one too this is part two of my weird things deep breath number one number two smile like smile People talk about smiles being contagious all the time. Oh, that person has such a contagious smile. Uh, It's hard to look at them and not smile, right? But contagious smile, contagious laugh, it's all there because it brings us back to our born stage, not our program stage. We naturally want to see somebody happy and laughing and do the same because it reminds us that life is good. So for me... Smiling is like a physical act that says, I'm doing this because I'm happy. This is why. And and it's not even for other people. That's for you. Smile for you. When you're watching something that you like and that makes you happy, look at it and smile and appreciate it and say, I'm smiling because I appreciate this. It's almost like a self-recognition of I'm enjoying this moment. That is why I'm smiling. It feels good. Trust me on that one. Try it. It is weird, I know. I. The more you listen to me, you'll hear more and more word things, but these are big ones for me. Um, so, obviously, just a few small, normal, real-life things that, for me, have just changed the course of of my life and my daily activities, and I think that, that it matters. I think it helps. I think there's probably a lot of people that are just like me, and I think... 100% of people are like me in, in the category where I talk about being born and being programmed. Uh, and I want people to maybe look back at, at maybe just go, go look and go study a little kid. Go study a three-year-old kid. Or go think about yourself back in the day when you were a young kid with no real worries and, and you hadn't experienced life and, and welcome to the real world yet think about how you felt before all that, so lastly, there's one more thing for me that, again, it falls right in line with a lot of this stuff, because I'm not giving you this groundbreaking nine points of being happy, I'm giving you the Jake Savicki version of what makes me happy, and if you're anything like me in any of these departments, maybe this will help, Um, but lastly, like you don't, it's like, you don't have to try, uh, you hear this a lot, like, live each day to the fullest, YOLO, like, you only live once, like, go get it, go do everything, but I don't think you have to try so hard to, like, live each day to the fullest, and this is something that I've, I read somewhere else, and it, it mattered to me, but, I like, you don't have to try so hard to live each day to its fullest, because each day is full on its own, you just have to notice, and in the beginning, when you start doing this, you know, I think you have to, learn to recognize these things and pay attention but the more that you do it the easier everything becomes to notice and you don't have to search you just see it you know for like over by my work uh, there's a starbucks and an airport right next to it and you could sit at this starbucks and kind of look off into at the right time like the sun would set right there in the west where you're looking towards the beach and you could sit on, a, sit on a patio and drink a cup of coffee or some tea, and you can watch these planes fly literally a couple of feet over your head, and they come flying right over you, and they land, and they're flying into the sunset, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and and my daughter, like, a good example of, you know, back kind of in the beginning of where I was talking about where you know, she doesn't know any better to know that things are good, bad, or indifferent. She thinks that these airplanes, she asked me the other day, we were driving, she said, there's an airplane looking in the sky. I said, yeah. I said, isn't that something? She said, it's there. It's there because they know that I like airplanes. So that's why they fly over here when I'm, when I'm around. And like, it's that innocence. I think that, that where I talk about that happiness from earlier is seeing the world the way you want to see it, not the way that somebody else has told you to see it. So but, like, I think about that now. I recognize that Starbucks and that patio and having a cup of tea or coffee in the afternoon and watching planes come down, whether that's your thing or not, like, that's there every single day, all day long. If you're a sunrise person, you can go sit down, drink your coffee, watch the sun come up, and, and literally watch airplanes come flying over your head, and it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing, and it's there every single day. Like, that 15 minutes is full. It's so full and it's so nice that that is living life to the fullest, is just seeing it, recognizing the full moments and taking advantage of them because they're there every day. So, you know, and there's a million things in every day when you start seeing it like that, you start paying attention. There's a million things like that. There's a million Starbucks plane flying over situations. Sitting on a park bench in the quiet, nice, relaxing five minutes of your day might be a thing where you are learning to live life to the fullest to just seeing what's around you and appreciating it so you just got to be willing to see happy you know not the other side of the coin and the more you learn to do that and practice doing that the less it the less it takes a focus of actually trying to do it and the more you just start seeing things differently and I think that that would be my challenge to anybody you know that might feel like they're not where they want to be as far as a person or acting a certain way or being the kind of person they want to be when they wake up every day and feel good is just you got to really seek the happiness and I just really think that's done through action more than anything else it's done through getting things off your plate that might stress you out it's it's done through treating people the way that you really want to treat them uh, not the way that your emotions tell you to treat them I, I think that's one thing too that's real important for me is you know I never ever let my emotions overpower my intelligence it's something that I try hard to do I don't want to be the guy that reacts emotionally to something and then regrets it I always just kind of let everything happen see it through think about it process it and then react to it later so a couple things here that I just thought I'd throw out there that have helped me and if anybody else out there like me got something out of it beautiful appreciate you guys listening to appreciate the patience podcast um, go down to the link click on it go to iTunes subscribe leave me some kind of review if you like it that's always nice help me grow a little bit uh, and if you uh, if you felt like this one helped you at all or you liked this one please feel free to drop a comment on Instagram and let me know so I appreciate you guys listening very much thank you now get on out there and find your happiness all you beautiful listeners